Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane. I'm joined today by Scott McDermott, as usual. And I'm delighted to say that Record Rangers blogger, Jamie Curry, has also come on to the podcast. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem at all. We are going to discuss lots of things today, including Rangers' terrific 5-0 victory over Hamilton, which puts them top of the league, and Ross Wilson's potential appointment as Rangers Director of Football. First up, Scott, I know you were at the game on Saturday. Before we talk about the individual elements of the game, uh, let's just talk about the the impact of going atop the league for the first time this season uh, by a stretch of points, two points clear from Celtic. Is this an important milestone in the development of Rangers since the cataclysm of 2012? Well, it's significant, Johnny, uh, to obviously to go top, especially just before the international break. Um, no, I wouldn't get too carried away. We're, we're <laughs> you only, think I'm going over top? We're only we're only eight games into the into the season. But listen, what I would say is not to put that in context. Well, Rangers are now top of the league, two points clear. That has been done largely without the seven million pound. Uh, signing Ryan Kent has obviously not kicked a ball for them yet um, and also that's them top having already lost to Celtic uh, at home in the league so to think Rangers have you know, recovered from that setback come back really strongly also turned the goal difference around at the top of the league which I think is a you no, know, is also a factor um, no it's been really it has been really quite impressive since that old firm uh, defeat and, and although Stephen Gerrard won't talk up, I'm no surprised they tried to play it down after the game. He'll be delighted with the the progress that's been made, delighted with the home performances um, in particular since the since the Celtic loss. And listen, he'll be absolutely delighted going into the break, as I say, given where they've come from, um, to be two points clear. Well, they're the ones that need to be need to be caught now, even this early in the season. Of course, it's it's a significant milestone. Jamie Scott talks about progress. Um, Rangers last year had won eleven games at this point. This year they've won sixteen. They've drawn seven. This year they've drawn only two. They've scored thirteen goals and conceded five goals less, and have had an extra five clean sheets. Tangible progress, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You can see it a mile away. Even the recruitment as well, you have to take that into consideration. People like sort of Greg Stewart, who many people, including myself, maybe thought he wouldn't come in and be able to cut it, but even him coming in, being able to unlock the tight defences that Rangers struggled against last season. And um, people like obviously Ryan Kent, who's played about how, many, how long? 20 minutes against Livingston. We are definitely heading in the right direction, for sure. 
Jamie, this time last year, Hearts were atop the league. And of course, there's no comparison in terms of depth of squad between Hearts and Rangers. But their fall last season does show you how things can go wrong from this stage. But do you look at that Rangers squad and does it give you hope and an and expectation almost that this is going to be a, a team that's around for the long haul? Um, more hope than expectation, to be honest. Because you have to be cautious, obviously, eight games in. Um, especially, just as you said, how Hearts were off a cliff last season. But the next test for Rangers is to go and keep winning and beat Hearts. There's no point in going top of the league for one game and then throwing it away, you know? Absolutely. Scott, you were, as I say, you were at the game. Um, were you impressed by Rangers uh, and their overall performance? Attacking-wise, it looked very, very good indeed. Yeah, listen, it was completely dominant from start to finish. I mean, without being unkind to, to Hamilton, no, they were never really at, at the races. Um, no, they went there with a, a kind of game plan. Hamilton, this kind of 5-3-1-1, one, one, basically trying to... It's actually... No, I was, I was laughing because it was actually the... They went with a similar system to what Wolves did at, at Man City at the weekend. That kind of five at the back, three in midfield, and then kind of one off the, the striker. And of course, Wolves well, carried it out to perfection, beating Man City 2-0. We know <laughs> Hamilton haven't got the players Wolves have got, but that was what they were... That's and they don't have Ian Cathro. No, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, that's what they tried, but that's what they tried. That's what Brian Rice tried to do. But they had to keep it tight. You no, know, five across the back. They had to be difficult to to breach. Um, but Jamie touched on it. That's see when you've got guys who can unlock doors like Greg Stewart. The first goal we spoke about it so many times on here. That that early goal for Rangers in these home games uh, against you no know, kind of bottom six sides. Um, the first goal is so crucial, especially if you can get it early on. But to do that, you need guys that can you know, provide killer passes. We, we spoke about it so much last season. Uh, Jamie said that loads of Rangers fans looked at that Greg Stewart sign in the summer, even at the start of this season, and were wondering why they, you know, why Steven Gerrard signed him on a, on a free. But in the last couple of weeks, we know exactly why, Credit's, why he signed him. Credit to you, Scott. You may have dismissed Correct. the signing of Stephen Davis. But you were all over Greg Stewart. <laughs> you were all over Greg Stewart from the start. No not, doubt about it. Not at all. <laughs> uh, no, listen, everybody talked about a number 10 last year. Greg Stewart isn't a number 10. Rangers don't play with a number 10. But coming in off that right uh, that right flank, playing as that kind of inverted uh, winger. No, he's been given a lot, lot of freedom the last couple of home games. And his pass for the four, uh, for the first goal was, was sublime. Jamie, Scott's right. They don't play with a number 10. Is there a feeling now they play with two number 10s? Because the way these two wingers have come in and converted their roles, they are essentially playing in that role either side. Yeah, it looks like it. With the two full-backs providing the width, it certainly gives, gives us a new dimension. When we're definitely trying to break these um, low blocks down, as people would call it. Um, Scott's, no, Scott's the, rolling his eyes here, no mate. Right, no, no right to say low block on here. I, I, it's only me that's allowed to say that <laughs> and get mocked mercilessly. It's alright, my, my Twitter notifications <laughs> get it every time when I write that. <laughs> I th- listen, I think Ojo is more of a winger, obviously, than, of course. than Greg Stewart. And, but I think that's the key, it's the it's getting that balance. Tavernier, or Tav- Tavernier sorry, <laughs> uh, is always going to be the guy, 
no, it's going to go beyond. Um, listen, I know Barisic has obviously played really well these last few games. I'm sure we'll talk about him, but yeah. he's no as big. No, he's not that kind of marauding uh, type of fullback that Tavernier is getting beyond the the wide man. So that that's where the that's where the perfect balance comes from. Uh, let's touch on Jermaine Defoe because he did score a hat trick, and uh, I think two of the three goals were absolutely fabulous. The first one. He gets played through and it's just a delicious dinked finish. He's still sharp over those five yards. He may be 37, but... And I don't know, maybe he's not as fast as he was 10 years ago, but he's still pretty quick over that short period of time. He's very, very sharp. And then, of course, his second goal was a thing of beauty in terms of strike and play. Takes the ball into feet and turns his man. Jamie, he's not looking like a player that um, is, is anywhere near ready to pack it in, but as I've already said, he is of advancing years. Looking at the way he's playing now, I think that's, is it 12 or 13 goals he's got for the season? 12. 12. I think. Yeah. Um, would you be tempted to be talking about dealing him in at this stage? I know that's already been mooted by Steven Gerrard. Yeah, but I'd deal him in right now. Because if you look at the right now, at this point in time, Morelos obviously is the main striker. Where is Rangers going to find a, a better backup striker than him? Realistically, yes. I don't think I, they will. I totally agree. That's what it comes down to for me. Yeah, I agree. We spoke to Jermaine Defoe uh, at the press conference last week when he you know, he brought it up himself that he's already spoken to Stephen Gerrard about uh, getting a deal next season, signing for Rangers on a, on a permanent transfer. We know that Gerrard is keen to make that happen as well. And I agree with Jamie, but where are you going to get me? Listen, he's 37, but... No, he's playing like a 28, 29-year-old striker. Um, he's got the Davey Weir gene. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Sunday was, probably the be- Sunday was probably the best I've seen Defoe since he's been here in terms of playing with his back to goal. Um, that second goal where he turns Brian Easton, drives into the box. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's... No, I don't think we've seen a lot of that since he came. It's more been kind of instinctive finishes in the box. Actually going and carving that chance out for himself... No role in the defender, because um, no, we know he's he's kind of stature. He's he's not known for his physicality, but he did that. He did that brilliantly, and I think that comes from the four touchstone at last week, getting a proper pre-season done at Rangers. Although he came in last year and scored goals, I think he admits himself he didn't really feel no that hundred percent sharpness. I think getting the full pre-season done, having no injuries, um, he's looking really really sharp and. I agree. If Rangers, no, listen, they're probably going to wait till the end of the season. His Bournemouth contract runs out, but it's no surprise to me that Gerrard's already speaking to him. And um, no, for Rangers' point of view, hopefully, teeing it up for next season so that he's one of the he's one of the first signings they make next summer. Jamie, we've touched on his relationship with Alfredo Morelos. You've already said that Morelos is the first choice striker, and I think most people would agree with that. But we saw at the weekend when uh, Defoe scored, he was celebrating with uh, Alfredo Morelos in the, uh, t- uh, the, uh, the track side. Um, Morelos obviously being a subs bench, all smiles. Do you think that relationship is part of the reason why Alfredo Morelos seems to have almost reinvigorated his game once again this season? He seems um, like he's controlled his temperament a lot better. He seems like a lot more, a, a much more mature figure on the on the pitch, and, he, and crucially. He's smiling a lot more. He seems happy in his in his job. Definitely. I also think, you know, in terms of 
Defoe being the backup striker when he when else has been here before it's been guys like Herrera and Cummins and you know people like that maybe it's because he sort of knows who Jermaine Defoe is and can look up to him do you think what do you think about that I think I think you're right in the sense that no, Morelos knows he's got proper competition. Now he knows he's got a guy who, that if he is out the team, as he was at the end of last season for the last six games, um, Defoe can come in and score goals. And, and he knows, such as the relationship with Defoe, between Defoe and Gerard, Morelos will know that the manager has got no qualms about playing Defoe. Um, I mean, he, he proved that by starting him in the, in the old Firm game, which now obviously look, looks like a big mistake on, on Gerard's part. But... Um, I've said I've said before on here. I think Defoe is having a major influence on uh, Morelos. Um, when we spoke to Defoe last week, he, he spoke about how close they are now. Uh, no, he, he speaks to him all the time. <laughs> he, he told the, the story about him phoning up after the. the ah, that car was smash. Br- brilliant. Uh, <laughs> getting his getting his mate to check it was okay. Yeah. Uh, just coming on and saying, right, you're okay, bro. Bye. <laughs> uh, so, I genuinely think there is a. No, there is a kind of blossoming kind of friendship, no relationship, whatever you, whatever a you bromance, want. A Scott, bromance, that's the modern that parlance. Is, that is it, that's it. <laughs> and listen, Rangers are reaping the, reaping the benefits, because you're right, every time one of them scores, they want to run to the other one. We don't know if there's a wee competition going, who's going to score the most goals. I mean, it's incredible to think Defoe, Defoe's the top scorer in the Scottish Premiership at the moment, and he's effectively been a sub. Uh, I mean, that tells you... That tells you how good both of them have, have been. And I think I think when, when Daniel Candias left, Gerard needed somebody to take Morelos under the uh, under under the wing. And he, I think he's turned to the phone and asked him to, to take on that role. Gerard spoke um spoke well about the four before in terms of how he helps the the younger players, uh like your Dapo Mabudis and people like that and the and the reserves that are coming coming through. But I also think he's helped uh, he's helped Morelos no end. Uh, talking about younger players, uh, Jamie, were you impressed with uh, George Edmondson's performance? He's bided his time for a first-team berth, and uh, he got it on Saturday. Yeah, but I actually thought he would come in, to be totally honest with you. I was saying that just in my pals before the, before the game, that he might come in, and I thought he just totally strolled it. Okay, he had nothing to do defensive-wise, but everything he'd done on the ball, he was totally confident. And even when, when you seen him in the friendlies, he looked... Totally solid, you know. And there was another one of the Greg Stewart type of guys when people might think, "Oh, he's come in for Oldham," you know, why he was signing them. But obviously, he's come in and proven that he can can do a job. Yeah, he absolutely strolled it. I mean, Jamie's right. I mean, he wasn't up against he wasn't up against much, but everything he did do was polished. You no, know, really impressive. You said the ball was impressive in the friendly matches. Aye, it was yep. the same. It was the same on Sunday, but <clears throat> no, he was quick. He won his challenges. No, high up the pitch to get Rangers, get Rangers in the front foot again. Um, he's no prepared. He's no uh, scared to take a wee risk with a pass at the back. No, through the lines to get Rangers, get Rangers further up the pitch. Um, no, everything that Gerard would ask him to do on Sunday, he, he did it, and it must be a great. A great thing for the manager to have known that he can rely on these guys at any given moment. I mean, Hillander played in the European game and then wasn't even in the wasn't even in the eighteen. Andy King, who I expected to come <laughs> well, in, we discussed that last week. Who I expected <laughs> to come in at some point. Um, I thought King would have come in on Sunday actually after uh, Ryan Jack getting injured in, in Switzerland, but 
for him not no even be on the bench. I mean, if MD needs proof of the strength of Rangers squad, then then that's it. Hollander and King not even making the not even making the eighteen. Absolutely. Um, one of the um, impressive performances I think was uh, Borna Barisic once again. He seems to be going from strength to strength at the minute. Scott, we openly said in the podcast we questioned him. We asked whether or not he was suited to Scottish football. And I think that was totally justified based on his form at the time. But something has switched in his head. Uh, I don't know if it's physically, what he's been doing in training, or if it's just that old nugget just, of just confidence. Confidence, just confidence, Johnny, honestly. Co- well, confidence and a run of games. Um, it helps when you have the quality as a foundation. Aye, uh, if I, you, but I think we've always known that he's got the quality in terms of his delivery into the box and, uh, and set-piece. Set piece delivery. I mean, he's two goals this season. Three free kicks against St Mirren and again on Sunday have been uh, have been exceptional. What a no, that's just another string to the you no know, Gerard's bow having in terms of the team. You no know, having that kind of having a guy with those attributes for set pieces. Uh, you think of Tavernier as well at free kicks. So, but I genuinely think it's just it's just confidence in a run of games. I said a few weeks ago when he started to turn the corner a wee bit performance wise that Gerard had to had to now show a real bit of faith in him and say to him, Listen, you're going to be playing for the next you no know, seven or eight games, even if you have a wee dip, even if you have a bad game, I'm going to stick with you. You're the left back, you no, know, it's your shirt to, to lose. And I think Barisic has grabbed that grabbed that chance. I think he said at the weekend he's still not at his best, but it is the best that he's played since since signing for Rangers. And no, you would have to agree with that. He now looks nailed on at left back. No, the way Gerard would have would have wanted him to be uh, since since he arrived, and it's go- he's going to take a bit of shifting if he keeps up this level of performance. It's going to be difficult for no John Flanagan or, or an Andy Halliday or whoever to get to get in there. Jamie, what do you think it is that's changed with Borna Barisic? It's just as Scott said there. I totally agree. It's confidence because we've seen. And the two, okay, it was two games. It wasn't it wasn't a prolonged period of time, but we did see him play against Rangers last season, and what it was like. It was like a monster on that left hand side, and obviously the free kick at St. Mern, I think that's just gave him the confidence to sort of settle down and prove what kind of good, the good player that he can be. His and head. he just went through strength to strength in the past his two head, weeks. His head was down, Johnny. You could see that just in his body language. Uh, head was down, low in confidence. Um, no, it was difficult to see. No, it was difficult to see a way back for him. Really, uh, at, at one stage, it, it was it was getting so bad. Um, and when Flanagan came in at the start of the season, I think after the the Kilmarnock game in the opening day, when Flanagan came back in. I genuinely thought, no, the manager's going to stick with, with Flanagan now. It's going to be difficult for Barisic. Flanagan's picked up an injury. Barisic has got a chance again, and no, my God, is he is he taking it? He's been he's been one of the most uh, no, impressive and consistent performers in, th- in this wee run of games. One of the things Rangers ah. have added this season, Jamie, is a, a much improved ability around set pieces, whether that be scoring them, uh, delivering them into the box uh, with with better accuracy. Is um, Barisic the number one set piece taker at the club, given he's pinged in two free kicks? Three if you include the one that was erroneously awarded to Conor Golson in the game against, <laughs> um, I think it was uh, the, the Gibraltar team, St. Joseph's, yeah. Um, 
I don't know, you would have to ask the captain about that one, but he certainly <laughs> he's certainly putting his case forward anyway. It's just the deliveries that he's got the, the one do that left foot at times is brilliant. The two free kicks against Hamilton and um, St. Martin there are just uh, unsavable to be totally honest with you. Top corner, the keeper can't get anywhere anywhere near them. I think uh, I think Jamie's right. I mean, depending on what side of the pitch it is. Certainly when it's when it's geared up for the left footer, Barisic is going to be all over it. I think Tavernier will be the same on the other side. Um, and I would also throw Stephen Davis into that, who's you know, started taking a lot more corners. And I think the corners have been have been better as well. Um, you know, the technique he's got just adds to that kind of you know, that kind of set piece armory that Rangers have now have now got. But to think, as I say, for either side of the pitch. You've got Tavernier and uh, Barisic, who's capable, um, no, no kind of dead ball experts for that kind of range. Um, it, it, it's, it's brilliant for Gerard. Do you, do you have any concerns, Scott, given the amount we talked about Rangers' issue with deep-line defences and the low block uh, throughout last season? Do you have any concerns about that this season? Or is that is the evidence now building up that that's been completely banished that 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 problem that they had because it was undoubtedly uh, undoubtedly a serious issue i don't know about completely banished because as, as we said we're still only well you're still only eight games into the league but the signs are good there's 20 games though uh, well but the, the signs are good uh it, it remains to be seen no when you get down to the nitty-gritty yeah towards january the, february yeah the pitch is cutting up business end of the season uh Know how Rangers are going to find breaking these teams down, but I do think you no know, guys like Greg Stewart have helped. You've got Kent to come back. You've got Jordan Jones to come back. Obviously, Defoe and Morelos uh, offer different uh, different attributes depending on which one he goes with. So they've got so many options now. I mean, you, you're talking about set even set pieces having Barisic there. That if you're toiling, can come up with a can come up with a free kick out of nothing the way he did in the St Mirren game. No, St Myrna are proving really difficult to break down until Barisic gets a, gets a free kick. So they've got so many different uh, weapons, if you like, to try and break these teams down. That it is looking a lot more encouraging for them. And certainly, no, to go and put five past Hamilton, five past Aberdeen, six past Hibs, <coughs> that'll be hugely encouraging uh, for Gerard in that regard. Jamie, one of those attacking weapons that's been criticised that I notice a little bit on social media is uh, Shea Ojo. I think a number of Rangers fans find his contributions quite frustrating. They go from the sublime to the ridiculous. What's your take on what he's offering so far? And do you think he'll be able to hold off the challenge from Ryan Kent? Because I'm assuming that Steven Gerrard will stick with uh, Scott Arfield, who he likes in that uh, sort of wide central hybrid position and a winger, you would imagine Ryan Kent will seriously challenge Ojo's position there? Ojo is a strange one. As you said, Johnny, one minute he can look outstanding and then the next minute he looks as if he's never seen a football before. But um, he's, got the, he's got the raw materials to become a good player, but maybe it's just a case of the same as Ryan Kent last season. He was quite slow to take off. So maybe Ojo just needs... You know, a few months to adjust and get some, you know, play regular football. You know, adjust to playing regular football because I don't think he's had it at this point in his career. He was sort of the same with Kent. Okay, he was away at Barnsley and had a wee while on loan and then away to Germany. But maybe it's just a case of Ojo being a slow burner. 
What was your take on Ojo Scott? I think he's going to frustrate fans, Johnny. I don't think that will change. Um, he's capable of coming up with match-winning moments as he did against Feyenoord. I think he's got that in his locker. Um, he's got pace to burn and he's very good with both feet. So that's not a bad starting point for any any player. But I think he does... I think he's going to have to be careful because you're right, at the moment he's he's in the team because there's not a lot of competition for that role in terms of Ryan Kent and Jordan Jones being out. I know Jamie Murphy came on at the weekend, that might you know, increase competition slightly. But I think he's probably played more than you know, he's probably deserved to play given some of his performances. I thought he was really poor in Bern against young boys. We spoke about it um, in terms of that ball retention. I thought it was sloppy and slack at times. Um, exactly what Gerald wouldn't have wanted from him uh, on that particular night. So I think when Kent comes back, or Kent and Jones come back, he's going to face a real fight to keep his, you know, to keep his starting place. I think, that, I think there's definitely a place for him because I, say, I think he can come up with big moments. Uh, Gerald said that already, that he's not the perfect player, he's not the perfect winger. But he can come up with real match-winning moments, and Rangers are going to need that at times this season. Listen, while he's frustrating, Scott, his numbers are excellent: sixteen games, five goals, four assists. Yeah, we know Ryan Kent last year, last season, got eight goals and six assists, and that was in forty odd games. Well, I was going to say, I bet those numbers are better than Candias, who who people. I think they're already in. there or thereabouts. Yeah. What Candias produced now. He's got a long way to go, but as you say, de- decisive quality. The question I've got for you is whether or not he's a player that's going to be able to make an impact at Liverpool. Because I know they have high hopes for him. Doesn't strike me as a guy at the age that he is who's going to get into a team of that quality. And I wonder, age 22, do you think he'll be one that, that Rangers at this point would be thinking about for next season? Is it too early? Um, Potentially, but Similar to the Ryan Kent situation, I think you'd need to pay you know, you'd need to pay big money for, for Ojo if you went and tried to get him in the summer. He signed a new contract with, with Liverpool fairly recently. Mm. Um will he make it at Liverpool? No, I don't think so. Um at twenty two years old. Listen, if he was going to make it at Liverpool, he'd been that Liverpool team already. He'd been that squad. Jurgen Klopp would have him and around the place. I know he's played more games for Liverpool's first team than, than Ryan Kent ever did, uh, but no, you, you need to make kind of snap snap judgments on players. Will he get in Liverpool's first team in the next no, year, 18 months uh, after no, going back there? I wouldn't have thought so. Um, so, of course, if you ask Steven Gerrard, I'm sure he would say that he'd love to have shielded you at Ibrox permanently, but A, he's going to need to improve performance and become more consistent and B Rangers would need to make a not a huge call financially whether they're going to whether they'd pay the money for him next summer. Okay, we're going to move on now and on to the news about director of football at Ibrox. Of course Mark Allen left the club very, very recently and uh, there's been some conjecture about whether Rangers would replace him at all, but it looks like that Ross Wilson of Southampton is going to be the man to come in. Uh, Scott, first of all any news on Mark Allen? Is there, has there been any um, anything come out since then? No, really, Johnny. N- nothing that we've uh, that we've not spoken about on here before. Uh, as I said, still still seems sh- shrouded in mystery that he would leave in the, the mid season. 
Yeah, perhaps, but didn't surprise didn't surprise me. Uh, as I say, I never really felt that no, it was right with Mark Allen at Rangers. I wasn't really convinced about the the relationship between him and you no, know, the working relationship between him and Stephen Gerrard. I know he brought Gerrard to the club, which he deserves huge credit for. Um, but I always felt as if they were you know, two very different characters, different men. Uh, I struggled to see know where or, or how they would really you know, strike up that kind of working relationship to take Rangers take Rangers forward. And uh, as I say, I'm no I'm no surprised that he's that he's gone. Jamie, from a fan's point of view, how do you assess Alan's time at the club? Well, signing wise, I think he was a bit hit and miss. You know, with the Gresda, which was a complete fail, and then you've got other ones. Like um, Kent, obviously, he managed to get over the line. I don't know how much he was involved with it, but he still was there. And the Gerard um, appointment, he seems to be the man who's taking credit for that. But overall, you would, I would have to say sort of maybe 50-50, hit and miss. And uh, are, you, are you excited about the prospect of Ross Wilson? Um, well, he was the one that they, they wanted right for the start of the board, was it not? And then he turned them down yeah and obviously they went to mark allen so i like i would like to i'm glad that they're actually keeping the the director of football model for continuity and things like that but um we'll have to just see if he comes in to see how he does but um, i'm actually quite excited about he's coming but about him coming in sorry and to see what fresh ideas and fresh signing markets he can um delve into Scott, he's a young, hungry Scotsman who's yep. got experience at the very, very highest level. Surely this would be a tremendous signing for Rangers. Yeah, I think he's as good as Rangers uh, could hope to get for that role, Johnny. And I think if it does happen, which I expect it to now, um, it'll be a really good appointment. Um, I mean, I've I've said already, I've got kind of reservations about whether Rangers actually need a director of football with, with Stephen Gerrard as manager. However... No, we know now that Gerard has spoken to to Ross Wilson and is keen for him to to go up there and take on that take on that role. And of course, it will take. No, Stephen Gerrard's the figurehead; he's the manager. But of course, there are things in the background that no that Gerard can't do, um, and he needs no, he needs people around him. And he seems very keen for for Ross Wilson to go. Um, I don't know Ross personally, but I know. I've spoken to a lot of people about him, and you know, I have to say it's all it's all good. He's got huge experience now at Premier League level. Um, you no, know, you look at that model at Southampton, in terms of managers and players uh, that they've kind of you know turned over in the last uh, the last wee while, and he's been a, a huge part of that. It's been you have to say it's been very successful. Um, I think the biggest thing is you know, you've said that he's Scottish. He's young and hungry, but he's Scottish. He knows the scene. He'll know Rangers. Um, given the work he's done at you know, the likes of Huddersfield and Southampton, he'll have a huge database of players, potential targets. Um, you know, they've got a massive scouting network down there that Rangers you know, will hope to kind of benefit from that uh, if, he, if he comes to Ibrook. So given the... When you look around... You know, Jamie said it there, they wanted Ross Wilson initially before they went for, for Mark Allen. Given that he's now appears to be available, uh, as we say, Scottish, it looks as if he wants to well, he wants to kinda uh, take on that challenge at Rangers. I have to say, you no, know, despite 
my, my kind of general reservations about about the director of football role. I think it'd be a really good appointment. Jamie, uh, the, the one area of the club that seems obvious to me and in need of a bit of uh, reconstruction once again is the scouting department, just based around what we've actually seen in terms of purchases coming in from uh, from abroad. You look at Barisic, is, the, the jury's still out on that one, but it's looking good at the moment. Um, Gresler didn't really work out, but we've not seen a lot of these... The kind of signings like a Morelos out of the blue, someone who's been scouted from, say, a Poland or a Holland or a, um, an area in Central America, for example, there doesn't seem to be that sense of being able to pluck players um, who are heavily targeted in, in different areas. We all obviously had three players coming from Croatia, um, and we've had a lot of players that are clearly Stephen Gerrard signings, players like Jermaine Defoe, Stephen Davis, Alan McGregor, players that are no-brainers that he would know from his time down, down south. Uh, do you think, from a fan's point of view, that's correct, that there's a sense that there needs to be more of a focus in these markets where Rangers can get value for money, bring someone in, and then be able to sell them on for big bucks? You know, the likes of that Morelos deal, writ large, done again and again? Yeah, I would think so. I think that's what he was trying to do with the Croatian market, to be fair. Um, Mark Allen was, but obviously the Gresda deals fell flat on its face and obviously been terrible. But I would like to see some players come in from like Poland, as you were saying, because there are good players out there. So hopefully Ross Wilson will be able to tap into that. But also, um, given these um, he likes to same players from Celtic, it would be nice if um, we could sign Edward to be third choice striker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that you'd had a wee blog saying that, that you thought um, that, that Edward would be the, the third choice. Um, I, I take it you're standing by that here on the podcast, here and now? Look at the numbers, Johnny, look at the numbers. <laughs> I'm sure there must be a 30 million line about to go and get Edward, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, well... That's not bad for the bench, Scott. <laughs> not bad. Scott, is that a valid criticism that I've just made? That, that, that they need to be going into these other markets or that certainly would help them to go into these kind of markets? 100%, Johnny. I've said it often enough. No, Rangers, Rangers' model now, as Celtics has been for a while, as other clubs around Europe, no, you think you know, Ajax is probably the prime or the best example. Uh, they're on a different, a different level now in terms of what they've done in the Champions League, but... They're in a uh, no. They're in a country where TV revenue, for instance, isn't great. Similar to Scotland, no. They need to go and scour players, young players, for different markets, buy them cheap and sell on. They no for big, big profits, uh, big value. And I don't think. Listen, Rangers have had a lot of <clears throat> a lot of problems, obviously, in the last decade with the kind of financial implosion. But so it's not been easy for them. But but now that they're getting back to to full strength, that has to be the road that they go down. Morelos is the perfect example. You go to Finland, you get a young South American for a million quid. No, you do your homework on him, albeit I think it was it was obviously Jonathan Johansson that had an in there. Um, you sign him for a million and now no, we're on here talking about Morelos worth no, 15, 20, 20 million pounds. That is the that is the perfect example. Your Van Dykes, your Wan Yamas, people like that. And I, I agree with you. I don't think Rangers scouting department has done enough of that in the, the last couple of years. Scott, I was uh, watching Celtic against Cluj. I've obviously watched all three games in my role up at Record Sport. And that's an example for me of the type of club that Rangers could be going to yep. and, and doing deals with. Players like Omrani, Rondon, I know he's getting on a little bit, but very, very impressive. I'm not saying he would come in and replace Marielos or, yeah. or Defoe, but just 
The general quality at a club like Cluj is high, and Romanian league, that's not going to cost you the earth to pull players out of there. Yeah. Um, examples like that are are all over the place. Yeah, definitely. And also, we're, we're talking about the director of football role and, and Ross Wilson maybe coming in. His job will be to come in immediately and you know, look at the Morelos situation. We know Morelos eventually wants to go to the, the Premier League. Rangers as a club will know that eventually he's going to move on, whether it's next summer, the following summer, whenever. Certainly if he keeps up his current form, it will be sooner rather than, than later, sadly, for the for the Rangers support. But Ross Wilson's job as director of football will be to have a lengthy list of replacements for Morelos. And that might be, there should be a separate list of experienced replacements if you're going to get into that age bracket of, kind of 25 to 30 where you're going for you know, the finished article. But there should also be a, a list of you know, 20 to 24 year olds similar to you know, Morelos's age when he, when he came in. That is the, surely if you're going to get a, get a director of football in, that has to be one of the key um, the key components of the, of the job is to you know, to go and scour these markets where, they, as I say, where they can buy relatively cheap with a view to selling on a few years later for that for, for bigger money. There's no there's, there's no shame in that. There seems to be no this kinda it's no it's Rangers, you know, we don't no you don't buy players and then sell them, selling your best players. That's that's gone now. No, the market the old firm are in, that has to be the model. No, it's forward. become a it's become a bragging rights thing, you know, Celtic fans exactly. bragging about getting twenty million in for exactly. uh, Musa Dembele. Fifteen years ago, they'd have been gnashing their teeth yeah. and wailing over that. But that's the thing. I think Celtic, you no, know, given what they've done in that regard, that Celtic fans can accept that that's the way to go yeah. now. I think Rangers fans haven't been used to it. So you, when you talk about Morelos going now, you no, know, you no, know, Rangers fans are aghast at the thought of you no know, letting their best player go. You can't let them go for that. We need to hold out for this. Hold it. No, that's that's the system now. You get the player in at twenty years old for a million quid. You might sell them two years later for you no know, ten to fifteen. That is the way you no know, Rangers are going to survive. It's the way they're going to uh, flourish in the next five to ten years. And as I say, if you're going to get a director of football in, that's got to be one of his his key roles. Jamie, the other aspect that will come under his purview is, of course, the youth system. Um, how would you assess the way that's running at the moment? Rangers is obviously a very, very difficult club for young players to break through. You just have to look at the last 30 years for evidence of that. Only the very, very best, the Barry Fergusons of this world, who were obviously elite from a young age, have been able to actually make substantial inroads into that Rangers first team. You look at a player like Charlie Adam, was good enough to make a career for himself in the Premier League, was not good enough to make the, the breakthrough at Rangers uh, beyond... Yeah, scattered first team appearances and, and being a sort of squad player so how difficult is it for Ross Wilson to uh, put in a system with that youth, youth team set up where you're going to see a, a flowering and development of young players that can come into the team or is that really unrealistic what, what, what would you as a fan like to see coming out of that obviously as a fan you would like to see 11 youth players come up through the youth system and win trophies, but that's not realistic. At the moment, I think um, Craig Mahon's doing a decent job. The younger teams seem to be doing very well at their age groups and winning, but obviously, as you said, they've got to be good. They've got to be able to make the jump for youth football, the first team football, to cement a place. And as you've seen, like Ross McCrory kind of way out and on. 
everybody last season was raving about him, saying, you know, we can't drop him, he'll be one of the first picks and the rest of it. And he came in and done all right, but as you say, some part of his game, well, um, some part of his game let him down in that regard and he's had to go out and bone. So it's always going to be a difficult transition for the younger players because they've got no room for error, really. Because it doesn't matter if you're a £1 million signing coming from Finland or somebody coming through the youth system. Uh, you've got to win and hit the ground running and that's the way it's always been. It's a tough school, Scott, isn't it? Ibrox, Rangers, to, to earn your crust as a professional player when you're a young man. It's not just the bubble um, of playing at such a big club. It's the bubble of living in Glasgow and the pressures that that gives. It's now, what, what, what mentality, Johnny, as well. It is. Now, what I would ask is, does it seem that Rangers are getting better at this, utilising the, the loan system? Because in the past, we've not seen that many young players go out and spend a year here, a year there, developing. You look at Ojo, he's had four or five clubs. Yep. He's had lots of experience. He's been abroad, been up here in Scotland, been down in England, been in the Premier League. So by the time he's 21, 22, he's actually had a vast spread of yep. different types of environments that, that shape him, not only as a player, but as a human being. So we see players going out on loan all over the, the country now. Is that the way forward? Well, it's definitely the way forward. Uh, and I think you're right, Johnny Rangers. I think Rangers have got better. Uh, at the not using the loan system in the last couple of years, I think they've learnt uh, from kind of previous mistakes, or they've, they've certainly learnt in the last few years that that that's the best road to go down. Um, but going back to your point, I mean, it is it's very difficult for a, a young player to go and make it at Ibrox. But for the academy's point of view, no, they're going to have to do it. They, they need to produce a couple of players who are capable. He going into that that first team and and staying there and becoming regulars. That's the whole. No, that's the point of the academy. That's that should be the whole. That is the whole ethos is to get young players coming through, who are capable. No, physically, and mentally, technically, good enough to get into that first team. It, it doesn't have to be though, because you look at Chelsea. For a long time, they were not actually thinking about the academy as a as a, as a way to develop the first team. It was sell these players on. I suppose it doesn't. Rangers, for, for Rangers. Rangers can't do that. Though. Rain, rain, I mean, Chelsea, no operating in the Premier League with the finances that no Rangers can't treat the academy like a like a business. Um, I think Chelsea's slightly different in that regard. Um, but, I mean, listen, I, w- I was lucky enough uh, a couple of weeks ago to no to get into Murray Park probably first for the first time and get a real insight to what goes on behind the scenes in the academy uh, at the, the training centre. And listen, what I would say is, I mean, the, the facilities and what Rangers have got now for these young players um, is is you know, pretty much second to none. Everything is there for these young boys to go and go and make it. Um, of course, loan spells will help their the, the development. There's far more Rangers players in the national youth teams now, which will also help for the v- development uh as I say, behind the scenes, even when you think of the kind of games programme that they've got now, the tournaments they go to, you know, the, the, the level of opposition they come up against, you have to say they're doing a lot of things right. But Craig Mulholland and the people in there you know, know better than anyone that ultimately it has to end with, you know, with young players playing in that first team. And I think you're right. I don't think there has been a, a Barry Ferguson or an Alan McGregor or an Alan Hutton 
know that's come through in the last decade where they've went into that first team and you knew they would be nailed on there for the next for the next five years. I suppose um, to be fair, the argument would be, well, we did have one of those and he left for Chelsea. Of course. That's, and listen, the academy will be within their rights to, to point that out. I mean, that's that's probably something that's come along in the last kind of five years that, that wasn't there before where English clubs or foreign clubs can just come along and pluck the, the best youngster. And there's no doubt no, that Billy Gilmer would be in and around the, the Rangers first team, if not playing on it regularly under Steven Gerrard just now. So that is a fair that is a fair point. Um but you look at you no know, Jamie touched on it, you look at Ross McCrory, Glenn Middleton at Hibs, you know, they've had a bit of first team action at Rangers, but they've gone back out. You no, know, very good players. Listen, boys with, with great attitudes, really good professionals, you'll no hear a bad word against them, but in the cold light of day are they really gonna are they gonna come back and go and cement a place in that that first team be a, no, have the personality and the ability to go in there, hold their own uh, and stay there. I think that's doubtful at the, at the moment. Now, that's not to say it's a, a slight on the, the academy because if, if that doesn't happen, undoubtedly these boys will go and have, have good careers elsewhere. And that's another strand to the academy is that the players that don't make it at Rangers will go to other clubs and will ultimately make Scottish football better as a whole. <laughs> But for Rangers' no point of view, selfishly, they they need one or two to come through. That's going to that's going to go and make. But it's really hard. Uh, I spoke to, I did an interview at the weekend with Stephen Kelly, who's the air, who's really highly regarded by Stephen Gerrard, has gone to air top end of the championship. And I've listen. I've spoke to people, spoke to coaches in that division who reckon he's the best best midfielder in the championship as it stands at the moment, which is. High no, praise. High praise indeed. Um, so, no, Rangers are with high hopes for him. The, the loan will do him the world of good. But go back to, right to the start, what you said, it's not just about ability. No, it's about coming back and having the mentality to go in there and, and no, really stamp your authority in that first team and, and go and stay there. OK, I think we could talk all day about this, but we're going to have to call it time. Well, call time on this podcast now. Uh, Jamie, thanks for coming on. How can people get in touch if they want to uh, give you any stick for what you've said today, which is probably the most likely scenario? <laughs> yeah, um, just JamieCurry89 on Twitter. Fantastic. And they can obviously read you in the Daily Record on the website at www.dailyrecord.co.uk. You can contact Scott at Scott McDermott A and me at Johnny R. McFarlane. Um, if you like the podcast, get online, go to iTunes and give us a five-star review as this will help it reach as many people as possible. Until next time, thanks for listening. Go, go. Let your body use your mind, use your